Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The Trader, a Traders podcast. My name's Matthew. I'm a writer working in TV development, and I am a 100% faithful fan of the multi-award winning hit TV competition series, The Traders. This podcast features deep dives into every episode of the show, as well as interviews with contestants from the shows. And this is season seven of the podcast dedicated to series two of The Traders UK. On every edition of The Trader, I'll be joined by a special co-host who'll help me break down an episode of the TV programme, hopefully have some laughs, and maybe even betray me. So let's move ahead and meet my guest co-host for episode two. My co-host today is Chris Weir. Chris is a stand-up comic who performs regularly around the UK and was a 2022 finalist in the Leicester Square Theatre New Comedian of the Year. He was also a Scottish Comedian of the Year finalist and Best Newcomer nominee at the Scottish Comedy Awards. On top of all this, Chris works in TV development and casting, I think I can now say. And far more importantly, he's co-hosted the podcast with me before. Truly his defining moment, I feel. Welcome back to the Trader, Chris. How you doing? Thank you. Hi. Um, good. I uh, this is my third time on the podcast, so I'm I'm almost getting what what it's about. <laughs> it's Survivor, right? Uh, sure. Let's go with that. Uh, what were your thoughts on episode one of uh, the Traders UK? I was really really into it. Um. Yeah, I forgot how much Claudia adds to it. I she's definitely my favorite of the hosts. Um, I also think they were so smart because the thing with the traitors is like it's good because you watching it, you know who the traitors are. So you've got like the dramatic irony of watching people trying to figure it out. 
But the one thing you miss from that is that you can guess who the traitors are yourself. So this time they like actually managed to do that to do to give you both. Yeah. Uh, um. So I thought that was really smart. It was funny though that they were um. They were like, well, you're never going to get it. So we're just going to tell you four of the people who it will be. <laughs> you know, they gave you the four potentials and you're like, oh, so it's not everybody. It's just people. Do you have any faves so far? Any contestants standing out to you? Definitely some contestants standing out to me. Like, I feel like um, some of the contestants almost seem a, a bit more like cartoonish than last. I would say, you know, like there's a clairvoyant who's like the, the step up from Maddie. Uh, there's that, there's that older guy who's like dressed like he's from Mary Poppins and he has a know. There's Sonia who's like deliberately trying to stir shit, and you're just like, Sonia, what are you doing? Um, so yeah, I feel like they're all a bit of a step up. Oh, also, there's the actual, there's that guy who is a traitor, Paul. Um, and when he had to describe himself in three words, one of the words he used was cruel, which is a sociopath behavior. I, I swear he's tortured animals as a child. <laughs> I, I read it as him just like, he was so desperate to be a traitor that when Claudia asked three words to describe yourself, he just was so keen to impress, like in a job interview, he was like, cruel, <laughs> traitor. Like he just, he just used the word traitor. But it worked because he got what he wanted. The weirdest thing about him to me, though, is he has a really familiar face. And I'm like, have I met you in some way? Is he familiar to you as well? Is it a grinder thing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has been on TV before. Has he? Uh, he's been a contestant on a, a game show. Um, a, uh, it's either Deal or No Deal or something like that. He, so... I think uh, Kira or Kyra, she she was on, yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul and at least one or two others have also been on various game shows or, oh, okay. or something. Maybe it's that. Or maybe you've just seen him in your dreams. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> like my nightmares based on his, like, cruel. <laughs> so uh, as the season goes on, I'll ask you the same question I asked. Lindsay, in episode one, uh, what are your hopes for the series as a whole i mean what is there anything that you want to see particularly change or do you, are there things that you just hope that they retain from the first series mm. um well, god i haven't thought about this and i also haven't had much sleep so let me see if, <laughs> if you're an answer yeah um uh, i would say like the show really depends on the personality so i just hope it's like dictated by that and not like producers behind the scenes trying to make it exciting yeah um and I'm trying to think, I think kind of the less time spent on the challenges and the more time spent on the suspicion is the better, the better version of the trader. Yeah, I think that's the general consensus. Although I, I like some of the changes they seem to be making this time. Yes. The challenges. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know everybody, well, maybe not everybody, a lot of people love change in a new series and they're like i want to see it different i actually don't want to see him change that much like i don't care about them like changing the entire rules of the game i'm kind of like it's still fun to me mm -hmm. we're not like 10 seasons in so just do the same as before and i'm happy with that <laughs> 
I do like that they're kind of referencing the first season because it was so popular, though. I like I like the Beaver Claudio make them all line up, and then yeah. Oh, of course we're not going to do that again. Just get in the castle. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing is. I, I think that's fun. Uh, also, just as much Claudia as I can get. She's really who I watch her for. Absolutely. Now, before we get into episode two, we're going to introduce our game. Chris, I hope you have not forgotten about this. We are going to be playing <laughs> the Radar Traitor. Yeah. So, particularly for new listeners, we're going to be playing a sneaky game of dishonesty throughout the podcast episode. So, the goal for Chris and I from here on in is to tell a lie to one another. The lie has to be a fabrication or a made-up fact, big or small, about the traitors or about ourselves or about anything else. For example, Chris could lie and tell me that he'd heard a rumour on set that during traitor selection, Claudia just kept tapping everyone on the shoulder (laughs) and producers had to step in and have a serious word with her. However... Uh, Our lie can't be a fake opinion, so Chris couldn't tell me that he thinks the choice of traitors was great when his real feelings are that he thinks the choice of traitors was rotten. So we're looking for pretend facts as opposed to pretend opinions and feelings. At the end of the episode, we then have to put our traitor hunting skills to the test and decide what we thought the other person's lie was. Chris, are you ready to play the game again with me? Yeah, I'll try. I'll try and remember. It's very hard to remember while you're mid discussion to be like, "All oh, right, I have to drop a <laughs> random fake fact here." But I'm gonna try. Excellent. In that case, I think we are ready to move on and discuss episode two of the Traitors UK series two. Let's do it. I want to say for the listener that I have seen all the three episodes that have been released. Oh. I would say that the second episode is the least fun of them. So me doing this podcast is a service to the country. <laughs> you take that back. There are some golden moments in this episode. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not a bad episode, to be fair. It's just not as good as one and three. Okay. I've seen all three as well, but uh, we're obviously not going to spoil anything about episode three. So listeners, do not worry. Are we there? No. Uh, we start the episode then with just a little recap of episode one. We're reminded that Ash, Harry, and Paul were the three traitors chosen at the round table by Claudia, and that there is a fourth traitor yet to be revealed. Uh, so we, we start properly in Traitor's Tower uh, with the three existing traitors waiting, and the fourth traitor has just arrived in their cloak <laughs> straight away. <laughs> It's very clearly not Diane. Yeah. <laughs> it's this towering, fluming figure. Um, so my guess was right at the end of episode one, uh, my co-host Lindsay and I, we guessed who we thought the fourth traitor would be. I guessed it would be Diane. So straight away I thought, oh, not Diane. But at, at the end of episode one, they also showed the cloaked figure walking and they showed them from the back. And they were also giant. So I like, <laughs> My sense of perspective is obviously just pathetic. Uh, I didn't pick up on that. But this time around, I'm like, oh, it's a huge person. Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, it's uh, they take off the cloak and we realize who it is. Uh, so the fourth traitor is Miles. Uh, I, I mean, what did you think? Were you surprised? No, Good that, choice? 
of the people that they were spotlighting for who it could be, that was the one I thought they would go with. They kept talking about wanting to go for a big personality, which feels weird to me. Because, like, why would you go for somebody who's really out there? Like, wh- I think Aubrey was one of the people that was being spotlighted. And I was like, him? He is the brightest person here. Everybody's looking directly at him. But then I, I think that's why they wanted to choose. I thought they were being really devious. I thought they thought, well, we'll pick someone who's got a really big personality because they will be an easy target. Like maybe you'll, or maybe you'll get rid of Yeah, I, I think that's what they were thinking. Ugh. But I don't think Miles is, I mean, he's physically very tall. Miles, oh, nah, he seems quite like sweet and gentle. I don't know if he's huge out of personality. Yeah. So I don't know if with the choice of him, they swerved away from that yeah. idea or uh, I'm not sure. Uh, so they, uh, they very quickly start to talk about who they want to murder uh, tonight, who's going to be the first murder victim. Uh, they threw out a few names like Anthony, uh, Sonia, because of the way that she like directly questioned Ash at breakfast when she just walked up and went, "Are you a traitor?" <laughs> In this very strange moment, I assume she has been doing that to a lot of people, and they're editing it to make it just look like she's going for Ash. It could that could well be the case. Yeah, yeah. Careful editing. Yeah. Harry uh, seems to think that she's harmless though, so it, it feels like they mo- they they're probably not going to pick her. They talk a little bit about Aubrey. They think he's uh quite uh, he's a planner. He's very clever, and that he's sort of quite isolated from everybody else. And so they think, I, I think their thinking is that he might have a lot of either sway over people, or he won't get caught up in the fake lies that the traitors try to spread. Yeah, they were saying he was very observational, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, lastly, they talk about Diane, who has already become a sort of internet icon. The people's queen. <laughs> um, she's the new Amanda from series one already within like two episodes. Um, on, um, on Gate Twitter, there's just like all these, all these uh, people being like the queen of Canton. <laughs> Sarah of Queen Diane. Yeah, yeah lots of that. Uh, and they, 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 they're, they're picking her because she had these like immediate concerns about Harry as soon as he took off the blindfolds. So they're a bit worried about that. Yeah. My real-time guess was that they would get rid of Aubrey when I was making my notes. Right. I, I wondered if he was just too different to everyone else and that they hadn't really bonded with him. And just sort of based on Traitor's history and other versions of the show, it tends to be the pattern that people who are um, sort of outsiders or haven't really bonded with the group just tend to go quite early. So yeah, based on that, I thought it might be him. So we move into breakfast the following day. Uh, I noticed, you know, the, the budget seems to have been upped a bit this season. Totally. Even the chairs, the chair budget has been upped. They've got these like lush velvet chairs in yeah. this room. And they've got like extra rooms as well. There's the yes. little room where they have like coffee. Yeah, they've got this new fancy kitchen. Yeah, it feels like there's, yeah, a lot more like production value has gone into this series. Yeah. Not that the first series looked cheap by any means, uh, but they're, they're the, yeah, uh, almost like they're 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 kind of treating it like a Big Brother or something. Like, oh, the house needs to be yeah, be cool to look at as well. I mean, it was cool anyway, but 
I do like um, the idea that if they're going to return to the same castle, there's enough, like, there are new rooms that are, like, discovered each season. That's yeah. Cool. Are you saying that as the series go on, we'll have, like, a new, <laughs> eventually there'll be, like, a sauna. Yeah. The jacuzzi room. Yeah. <laughs> <A> sex dungeon. <laughs> I can see Claudia, like, working that really well. Yeah. Uh so uh harry appears at breakfast he's he's doing his best to blend in he wants to act like a faithful like he's got no idea who's gonna be murdered so that's that's on his mind that he's really got to play a part here uh miles is now of course this is his first time as a traitor in front of other people so he's really aware that he has to act very differently now uh ross and charlie have this little chat and they say they're totally certain that paul is faithful like they're they're no doubt in their mind, which really yeah. makes me laugh. Paul as well, like Miles and Harry, he's like really aware of how he has to behave in front of everybody. And he says that this is one of the things he's been preparing for, that at breakfast mm-hmm. it's such a crucial time to think about how you look and how you're behaving. Yeah. I guess what you were saying earlier was right. He he is quite scheming, like he's really been thinking about this. Yeah, since birth, I think. <laughs> Uh, we end up with a final four people to arrive and the, the last four who aren't there are diane aubrey andrew and zach now as viewers we know well it can only be aubrey or um diane who are going to be murdered because they were the two that were mentioned yeah, by the traitors during the discussion like it could be zach but you know one of the times i just wish it wasn't one of the ones they were discussing like, I just wish it would be like, wait, it's this person, and then, it, then you would do a flashback, and they'd be like, they throw in a new name. Yeah, that, that could throw us off. That would be quite cool. Um, but I guess what I noticed here is, oh, this is how, in this series, they're going to address this sort of breakfast arrival conundrum. Yeah. yeah. Because there is this issue that people realized after series one that, oh, the last person to arrive is probably always a faithful. Yeah. Um. So to get around that they don't have just one person coming at the end they're going to have like three people arriving right. at the end yeah, yeah yeah so it's not so clear for everybody who's who uh uh so uh it end, ends up that diane andrew and zach arrive and therefore aubrey is gone uh so i guess probably we were we were both right he, he was too observant um and i think he was kind of on to a couple of people i think he was quite suspicious of ash so i think he probably had kind of figured out maybe one or two of the traitors yeah uh it was uh i thought it was quite an unusual choice actually even though i thought aubrey would be the one to go based on what they said usually again in past series of the traitors the first person murdered is often like a really chaotic random choice and that they yeah. try and pick someone that's got no apparent logic behind it. Yeah, so that they can't figure out. Yeah, but this time I get they just went for a, the smart decision or the obvious decision. Yeah. I wonder if they've been influenced by watching the other seasons of The Traitors. I think people are like, okay, so this is how they would do it this time. So we should do it this way this time. Um you know, it'll become... That's what always happens with reality TV. People become too aware of how they're supposed to act, so then they act against type. Yeah, definitely. And uh, on the BBC website, you can read interviews with all of the cast, and they're they're quite detailed interviews, and they're all questioned about how they're going to play the game and what, what 
part they want to play. So it's very apparent from those that they have all watched the first series and they've all got quite a good idea of how the game works. So yeah, yeah that's definitely going to influence the way that they behave. Uh, so there, we see some discussions around the house. I noticed that Harry is getting quite a lot of screen time. Uh, so I, I get the impression he's probably going to last a while as a traitor. Oh, smart. I didn't notice that. I think anytime there's like too much laddiness on screen, my <laughs> blank and I zoom out. <laughs> I zoom out. I zone out. <laughs> and I said this exact thing on the episode one of the podcast. See, Harry described himself as one of the lads, and I was sort of like, "Oh, I don't know what this. I don't know who you are. I can't relate." I know. <laughs> I also feel like when he and Paul are together with uh, like in Traitor's Tower it gets very laddie between them and Ash just stood between them <laughs> I'm glad they've added Miles because <laughs> she needed some support <laughs> uh, Harry reiterates that he wants to be seen as quite naive and he wants to appear as the nice like the young guy, the good guy and I think he's doing a pretty good job of that so far he seems like he's getting on with everybody yeah I feel like he's this season there yeah, definitely. That's how he's kind of being uh, placed for us. Yeah. Charlie has this moment where she says that she's better at spotting faithfuls than traitors, which I, I think actually makes sense. I think that we've seen this in previous seasons of the show, that you often end up with players that everyone just universally knows is a faithful. Yeah. Um, and there's... About, this is a sort of a spoiler, but I'll try not to mention names. One of the winners of New Zealand Traitors, I would say, falls into this category. That they just never, ever came under suspicion. They made it through the whole game because everybody just thought, this is a really nice, genuine person. There is no way they're a traitor. And they weren't a traitor. They were a faithful. So sometimes, and I guess with like Andrea, maybe, from series one, the older lady, everyone just universally loved her. And even the traitors are like, she's never going to get banished. Everyone knows she's a nice, oh, faithful. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then I guess that can be bad for you because the traitors are more likely to murder you if they think you're never going to get banished. Uh, we have a nice sort of little scene with Molly. Molly's discussing her stoma. She talks about disability modeling. Mm-hmm. I, I think that these are, it's nice to see these backstories. We got a little bit of this with Johnny in episode one. Uh, we talked about his time in Afghanistan. In my opinion, this is kind of what sets this apart from celebrity versions of the shows. Like I, like the US, the the US season that's about to come on uh, next week is all celebrities. Um, but I I feel like with celebrity seasons, we already know who they are, and we're kind of just going to watch them play up to a persona that already exists. Yeah, I I feel like. What's great about UK traders is we are made to care about them on a human level, and that's why the casting is so important. And I just think it raises the stakes. If we think, well, oh, these are sort of real, genuine people who are not famous, it makes the the stakes higher, and it makes the tension more visceral when they maybe do get banished or murdered. That, that's how I feel about it. I suppose the one thing that's maybe more interesting about the celebrity is you... You have the, these established personalities, so it's interesting if they play against type. Like, if if they are traitors and they are typically a nice person, it would be interesting to watch them like that. Set. 
Yeah, that's true. Or even Diane. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but Diane is hilarious to me because episode one and her interview on the BBC website is is basically just her like, lol, don't know what I'm doing here. Can you imagine me as a traitor? Oh, 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 oh I don't even really know what to do. One day in, she's like, right, fucking listen up. Yeah. <laughs> she's her. talking to like a group of people and she's like, if anyone comes in, you fucking cover me. Yeah. <laughs> her, um... Her teacher energy is really coming out. <laughs> yes. I, uh, no shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Diana is actually a retired teacher. And it's, I, I saw someone on like X had put a little meme of her being like, I don't know what it is, but I, as soon as I see Diana, I feel like I need to explain why I've not brought my PE kit today. <laughs> uh, apart from Diane discussing who she thinks traitors are, uh, Jazz and Ross are still discussing this thing that happened in episode one. So Zach made this comment where he he said, I'll sleep easy tonight. And a couple of people jumped in it like, does that mean you're a traitor? You don't need to worry about getting murdered. So that's kind of still making the rounds. Um, Something like this happens every season. Somebody makes a comment and then they're like, fuck. And then everybody thinks they're a traitor. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I guess it makes sense. They they have so little to actually go on. Yeah. You probably you just pick up on any tiny thing someone says because you've got nothing else. So I, I guess it makes sense that everybody's talking about this. Um, but it's not just the fact that Zach said, I'll sleep easy tonight. It's the fact that Sonia then brought it up in front of everyone. Um, and some people are like, why did Sonia do that so i think her plan to act like the sort of gentle knitting granny maybe isn't working that well so far yeah i I don't know is that her plan i thought her plan was just to stir shit as much as possible which i'm like why would that be your plan when the whole thing (laughs) i'm not looking (laughs) i think her secret plan our plan is to covertly stir shit up but overtly appear sweet and gentle she's the most overt person (laughs) (laughs) she's literally going out to ashley going are you a traitor (laughs) that's true yeah (laughs) um back to queen diane uh diane diane this is one of the funniest things is that diane is not a fan of anthony she's like really out to get him because he didn't let her squeeze in beside him in Claudia's lineup, and she will she'll never forgive him for the rest of her life for this. The thing that's so funny about this is this has led her to believe he's a traitor, and this was before they had picked traitors. Yes, it makes no sense. So she's decided that he just has like a traitorous personality. Yeah, <laughs> um, not how the game works, Diane. No, it, she's so rational everywhere else, and for this one, she's like, "No, no, we haven't found that to the good." I will destroy him, please. Um, so, so because of prompted by Diane's dislike of Anthony, Paul, Harry, and her then really start to discuss him as a traitor suspect. Uh, she also notices that he talks to Ash quite a lot, and then that makes her think Ash is also a traitor and ash is like the female traitor she is diana is not fucking around like she she is picking out people immediately and very obviously uh the thing is though this is this is why being a good traitor hunter is not the way to win this game uh and paul kind of notices this uh i mean paul's a traitor so he's listening to her say this he's a bit worried 
therefore, Diane's making herself a target. I know. You don't know who you're saying these things in front of. The traitors don't like good traitor hunters, so don't don't try and figure out who everybody is so obviously. Yeah, you almost have to act stupid because in all the seasons, the people who make it to the end are the people who are the worst at sussing out the traitors. Yeah. So you kind of need to play dumb until you can convince some people about who you really think are traitors. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's the something that I've observed throughout all the seasons that I've watched is exactly what you said. You, yeah. You're going to get to the end of the game by sort of play, playing like this middle game like acting don't don't really point out who you think the traitors are like secretly maybe figure it out and keep it to yourself and wait until the very end of the game then get rid of them but on the other hand don't be so quiet that people then turn on you because you're yeah. you're too quiet and you're staying in the background and that's sneaky and suspicious so i think you have to yeah act a bit dumb and throw out bad suggestions and then just vote with the majority most of the time yeah i am uh, one more thing about paul as well it's around this point that he says he gets a sweet taste in his mouth when he murders <laughs> they're like the same <laughs> i think paul's gonna win you around i think you're scared of him now you think he's just playing up to it yeah i do i i think he's probably like, a nice guy <laughs> he's not you don't think he's the same as like Sam from the Australian Traders? Who was? Oh no, true. Absolutely not. No, Sam was like next level. Actually, had problems. Did you ever actually speak to him? Did you interview him? Just uh, we exchanged messages online, but have yet to have him on the podcast. I mean, if Sam is still open to that, I will absolutely interview him in a heartbeat. But he's busy and uh, jet setting around the world, and then just being at the gym ninety percent of the time. So oh, no, same as me. <laughs> just, just, it reminds me of you, Greg. <laughs> uh, I'll do a wee pause here just to remind you about the the game that we have to lie to each other. So I'm okay. I'm building those in now so that people don't forget. Okay. I mean, you may have lied already. I may have lied already. Who knows? Yeah. I'll do. Okay. Next up is the mission for the episode. Uh, Claudia gives them some information as they start. She says this uh, mission is all about communication. She tells them that there is £6,000 available. There will be nine people inside the castle and nine people outside of the castle. It reminds me a little bit of uh, one of the tasks from series one with church bells. Some people went off to church and they had to play out a little melody and the people in the castle had to listen and guess what it was. What the fuck is the chicken besides Claudia? <laughs> I was looking at her, trying to like get into the really intense atmosphere, and then oh, there's a felt chicken. I I take back my budget comment. It's like, but this is the show, right? It's like super intense, but also quite high cam. Yeah, so that's exactly what that is. That image. Yes. Yeah, Dramatic and cinematic, but also it's the BBC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's a game, so we'll be a little bit cheesy as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm slagging off, but I think this is also what makes it so great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I also, I'm not sure it's as camp on the other versions. I think Claudia adds a height. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think in the US one, Alan coming is great in his own way like he's he's like hamming it up and he's very camp in the role yeah but the players aren't like i think the yes. players are so intense about it 
Yeah. Um, and just kind of want to further their careers, and there's no real humanity about them. <laughs> uh, at least in the UK, we can have a laugh. Yeah. Uh, so Zach suggests that for this mission, maybe the people who've already had a shield stay inside, uh, presumably because the new shields will be outside. Um, Kyra's not into that plan. It takes them quite a while to sort themselves into teams. Zach's raging. <laughs> Kyra thinks it's giving traitor vibes. Uh, so it's it's not a great start. Like, I do feel like Zach has a point here, but... I do also understand why people wouldn't want to listen to him because he has the vibe of someone who's been radicalized on the internet. <laughs> wow. That's... Like, yeah, I mean, okay, I don't know him and he's a real person and I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> but the way he comes off on television, I think is bad. I'm not sued for slander. I'm sending the bill to you, Chris. This is all opinion based, so can't be. <laughs> this is not a fact. But he does seem a little incel-y, uh, right-wing red pill. <laughs> um, you said it. I'll I'll say no more. <laughs> like, okay, later in the episode, he literally makes up a conspiracy theory. He does. He does. Uh, and yes, we'll get to that point. He comes up with this very interesting theory about some of the players. Yeah. So in the mission, the team outside have to mimic bird calls. Um, I wonder if this is the weirdest mission yet. Oh, no, wait, that was the sheep version of Guess Who in Series 1. Uh, wait, so what was that one? They had to, like, there were sheep in a pen, and they had to describe... Some people were looking at a photograph of one of the sheep, and they had to describe the sheep to the other players. Like, this sheep's got a white patch on its left ear. I have a little memory of this they, Yeah, they did it in New Zealand as well. Uh, they had to find a sheep based on people's description, and then... Um, be like, is it is it Molly the sheep? They'd be like, yeah, it's Molly. The um, the challenges are so convoluted that I'm amazed they made it through game development. Like, just in this one, they have to find the place on the map, then blow a whistle three times to hear the bird sound, then imitate it on a walkie-talkie. Then the players of the castle run around to find bird statues, pressing them to see if they match the sound. Then they have to lift up the statue, run back to Claudia, and confirm it's matched. Like, that is so many rules. And so many yeah. moves. I, I've just come off a period of like three weeks of game development where the rule was you had to be able to describe it in one sentence. So yes. this game is insane to me. <laughs> Chris, this was my exact note. I've written here, Chris, you and I work in TV development. Can you imagine suggesting this game Whoa. for a brainstorming meeting? Like, right, guys, got this great idea. <laughs> there's there's going to be stuffed birds. And you, are, one team is gonna like mimic the call of the bird. The other team's gonna, yeah. Like it would, just, I can't imagine pitching that. Um, the the one in the previous one as well, where it's like some people are on the beach, but some people in the water, but also they're tied up at the beginning. You're like, what? I mean, I guess the difference is the traitors is already established, so like you're just creating silly games within that, so yeah. it doesn't. You're not, you know, you're not pitching an entire show based on this one mission. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I did have this exact same thought about how wild these are. Um, it's, it's also just so funny to me that like, and uh, in New Zealand and the Netherlands traitors, there's a, a mission where the players have to potentially get actual tattoos on their body to pass a mission. And <laughs> in the UK, we have a stuffed rooster called BK. Yeah. <laughs> classic, classic beep. Yeah. 
Uh, so as the as they start, as the teams head off, Andrew mutters to Anthony and Paul that they should just immediately rush off and get the shields. Yeah. And it's this like really brief moment, but the fact that they show us that makes us think, oh, this maybe this is going to play out in some important way later in the episode. Uh, the mission ensues. Uh, yeah, they, like you said, they have to they blow a whistle, they listen for a bird call, they mimic it through a radio, the castle team run around pressing buttons. Very bizarre. Yeah. They miraculously get the first three right. I mean, they must, they obviously test all the games to make sure they're actually achievable. So they knew that, you know, it is, it is possible to do these things. Also, I would say that some of them recreating the bird sounds, Kyra especially, she was incredible at recreating. <laughs> I mean, maybe that was part of casting. They were like, right, um, can you, we're going to play your bird sound and we just want to hear you mimic it. <laughs> you do do some weird stuff in casting. <laughs> My favorite bit of the mission is it just goes nuts at one point with like Austin Powers music <laughs> in the background. Brian is just making these insane noises. Like it's yeah. Yeah, I it's I guess it's like we need levity to amplify the tension. Like we need the ridiculous to amplify the brutality that will happen later on. So yeah. Um, it's so insane, but yeah. it's so ridiculous. But yeah, it is funny. It's funny to watch. <laughs> the, at the end of the mission, Claudia has this line. It's, I mean, it must be deliberate. It's, it's very Bake Off. She says, guys, you've done all seven birds. Now, if I was into misogynist jokes, Chris, mm-hmm. I could say something about that, but I'm not that lowbrow. So how dare you accuse me of being a misogynist? <laughs> Same not going Harry, mate. <laughs> yeah, Harry's like rubbed off on me. Not literally. That was another bad joke. And, and <laughs> so Claudia asks at the end, oh, they win £4,000. Uh, and Claudia asks if the Shield winners want to own up. Uh, and they do. Andrew, Paul and Anthony admit, yeah, they went for a Shield during the mission. Uh, Diane is still going hard on Anthony, so she's decided this is further proof. He's bad news. He's a traitor. Little does she know, actually, it's his teammate. Paul who's the traitor. I will say, I maybe I I think this is the same last season, but for some reason, the prize money feels so low. Like one hundred twenty thousand pounds doesn't seem like that much. Like. Especially if it's split between various winners, it's like you actually don't win that much from all this work. Um, in this in this episode, Charlie is really excited about contributing four thousand to the prize pot, and I'm like, split between all of you at this point, that's like fifty pounds each. <laughs> that's true, but I, I guess for the BBC, it's for fairly standard. Oh, but it's such a big show. Anyway, yeah. You can edit this out if you need to. No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> flaunting your wealth. Oh, 120 grand. Who cares? <laughs> but you don't you get all that. That's the most you can make if you're one person and you do all the challenges right, which they don't. They're they're going to split. Yes. Like, um, they're here for the experience, Chris. It's not all about money. Fair. So materialistic. Um, but also, I guess, maybe you're right. It uh, a constant living crisis <laughs> in this economy. Yeah. Uh, so we and faithfuls in this economy. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We see some more chats around the house before the banishment. Uh, I think Paul's doing a good job of playing the nice guy. I, I And I didn't think he would do this well at acting based on the way he was with Claudia in his selection interview yeah. but he's 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 walking around he's got his little mug of tea he's having a chat to Sonia about oh you know it wasn't my call to grab the shield Andrew made me do it like it's uh, it seems to be working Kyra's fooled by it um yeah it's weird in some scenes he seems very like arch villain type thing but um but then other times he's super super friendly so that again I feel holes through with my argument that he is a sociopath. <laughs> I thought you were going to say bolsters my argument that he's going to do well in this game. <laughs> no, 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 straight for the psychopath. No. Uh, Johnny is worried about the first banishment because he knows that people, are, even though it's a game, people are going to get their feelings hurt. It's, it's bound to bring out the bad sides of people, and people are going to say horrible things. Mm. Miles tells us that he realizes now that being a traitor is much more difficult than he thought it would be diad is still on anthony she's talking to charlotte and ross about it ross is sort of not convinced yeah. uh, about this anthony theory he suspects sonia yeah and then diane tell has this moment where she says well be careful don't vote for popular people she She's giving me like CIA investigator. Like yes. it's, it's I'm like so intense. I want I want Tony Collette or Kate Blanchett to play her in the Netflix True Crime series. <laughs> in the Traitors movie or something. Yeah. She, oh. Okay. She retires as a teacher, but she starts as a secret. <laughs> it's uh it could be like Miss Congeniality Three. Or um, like a, a gender flipped taken. <laughs> someone Diane so, Someone kidnaps her son, and uh, she has to go find them. <laughs> I would. I think we should pitch this. <laughs> she has a very special set of skills, and all <laughs> her skills are all of the skills. <laughs> Just superhuman. <laughs> So we move on to the actual round table, the pinnacle of the episode. I can't control my excitement watching this. Tra- Traitor's round table is my Roman Empire. Uh, just my favorite thing. Think about it a lot. Even Claudia has a little chat and she tells us this is her favorite bit of the episode. And uh, she's in a velvet suit and looks incredible. <laughs> as always. Uh, she She's being dramatic as ever. She she provides this big speech to the contestants around the table. She's asking them, who can you trust? Who's already lying? 
maybe who's changed and and then she she doesn't even finish the next sentence she's like who would like to begin i think and she interrupts i would like to begin uh, so diane is right in there she wants to talk about anthony immediately um she's still very upset that he didn't move from the queue <laughs> the traitors hadn't even been chosen yet but uh she's still on it uh, so, I mean, she's basically picking someone who doesn't like. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, you know what? If I was on this and I had absolutely no idea who was or wasn't a traitor, I would also pick somebody I didn't like. Because then you don't have to spend any more time with <laughs> And also, ultimately, if you are a faithful, you want the other faithfuls to get eliminated because then you get more prize money. Yeah, I, I, I guess you could think of it that way. It's like, either way, it's a win-win. <laughs> she she makes this comment where she says she talks about him not moving in the queue, and she says that smacks of someone who's out for themselves, <laughs> and and I'm like, uh, yeah, babe, that's what the game is. Right? <laughs> Why are you bothered by that? I mean, I I feel quite bad for Anthony. Except Diana has never brought any of this up. He's like not even spoken to him. <laughs> But then Charlotte steps in and she backs up Diane's perception of Anthony. She's like, yeah, I also think, Anthony, you're, you're quite defensive. Um, it's really hard to judge at this point because we've seen about three minutes of screen time for Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> about half an hour for Diane. So yeah. How do you know? And the little bits that you do see of Anthony, I feel like he is quite chatty with people and not like reserved or anything. Yeah. And... Zach kind of uh, steps in with a bit of logic and he says, okay, maybe Anthony is coming across as defensive, but that doesn't make him a traitor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kyra chips in next. She sort of moves attention towards Andrew. She thinks uh, because he was so eager to get a shield, that's, that makes him quite suspicious, maybe a bit shady. Um, but then Zach says, well, well, that's really hypocritical because you did the exact same thing in the first mission. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. Well, I think he's right, and if anything, what she did was worse, because everybody was still tied to the pole. <laughs> helping them, she was like, no, I'm really going to get a shot. <laughs> yeah. And she, she tries to explain it and says, oh, well, the circumstances were different. It's like, yeah, they were more self-serving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm not sure she's, like, onto a winner here. No. Um, but I do like that, like, even though Zach is making salient points, he's just too unlikable for anybody to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I said this in episode one, that he, his first moment of the show was, like, quite an unpleasant one. He was on the train with Andrew, mm. could hear Andrew's Welsh accent, and was like, oh, I was going to go to Cardiff University, but then I visited it, and I decided it was horrible. <laughs> and so, like, Immediately, I was like, Jesus, Zach. Like, you know, the most sympathetic I can be to him is I feel like he's somebody who is trying to make jokes and is failing terribly. Yeah. It feels like somebody who is just bombing. I I thought the same thing. He's, yeah, he's trying to be like lighthearted, but actually that's not working for him. It's just no. making people very annoyed at him. He's so unaware of how he comes off to other people. Yeah. Uh, Harry breaks up this whole discussion. Uh, he says, look, he just wants to get get the traitor, implying that the current chat is just like all irrelevant. I think it, I think he's acting quite well. Um, he puts attention on Zach, uh, and he says that 
that Zach was like behaving differently after he took the blindfold off at the traitor selection. Uh, Ross then puts the spotlight on Sonia and the whole, the whole, you know, Zach saying that he was going to sleep easy. Why did she? Why did she spread this? Why was she stirring the pot? Miles and Ash then jump on the Sonia bandwagon as well, which is pretty clever of them to do because they're traitors. So I think a good idea as a traitor is not to to begin rumors or to to be the instigator of an accusation, but to go along with what other people have already started. Uh, Sonia defends herself and Diane, in a quite a crucial moment, steps in and she says, yes, I trust Sonia. I think Sonia is a faithful. <laughs> and now Johnny is suspicious of Ross. It's this really interesting round table because there's not, it doesn't seem like there's one clear suspect or one clear direction. It really shifts around to yeah. various people. Well, two things about that. One is that Johnny says he'll go for Ross if Ross is wrong about Sonia. This is exactly what Diane said before the thing. She said, don't go for somebody popular or else we can turn against you. And like, she is, she's a witch. (laughs) (laughs) And then the second thing is there are just too many people. Um, And I know there's too many people because we've not heard anything from the clairvoyant at this point. And I'm like, where, where, what is the spirit world saying? We haven't even included them in the, in the people count. There's so many people involved in this. Um, I think the first season, because in the first episode they cut to immediately, and then they, like, voted somebody out, and then they killed somebody in, like, the first episode or something, they cut, cut, like, four people straight away, and it's a lot easier to start getting to know people. But they haven't done that this season, and it's it's so busy. Yeah, it's it's tricky. Um, And again, I've been really actually relying on the... BBC website that shows you all that. It's like that's that I studied that, so I feel like I kind of know everybody's name already. But if I hadn't done that, yeah, I'd, I'd be struggling a bit. I have no idea. Also, like I feel like we're gonna get to episode six, and they're just gonna introduce somebody who's always been there but has never spoken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that happens quite often. They haven't quite often because there's too many people at the beginning. Yeah, I was. Uh, I did a, an interview a couple of days ago on. Uh, BBC Lancashire to talk about the new series. Oh yeah, uh, and I, I, because it was BBC Lancashire, I was I was sort of prepped a little bit beforehand. I, I noticed that um, four of the contestants are from Lancashire, so they had said to me, "Oh, um, Graham, who's the host on the show, Graham will probably want to ask you about the contestants from Lancashire." Um, so I made notes and uh, looked up who they all were. Diane is what, well, even though she's from Northern Ireland, she lives in Lancashire. Mm-hmm. I, the host didn't ask me a single question about it. <laughs> um, so all of my notes of research were for nothing. Uh, but I did give the podcast a show on the radio. Which Wait, how are you going to talk about them when it hadn't aired at that point? Uh, based on, just on their interviews on the BBC website. Uh, I was just going to say, oh, Diane said this, um, and Sonia said this, and stuff like that. Uh, so, Claudia uh, stops the discussion. Um, which makes me think, well, based on the edit then, if she stops the discussion at this point, it's probably going to be one of the people who is discussed. So either Anthony, Andrew, Zach, Sonia, or Ross. Like Their names are the ones that seem to come under suspicion. Yeah. Um, the votes come in. We begin with Jazz. After the first nine votes, the count is that Sonia has five, Anthony has two, including a vote from Tracy the Clairvoyant. 
<laughs> uh, Zach has won and Ross has won. Yeah. And it's the, the one who voted for Ross is Sonia. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of a weird vote reveal because she turns over his name and she starts like a new discussion. She starts talking about, well, here's why I'm voting for Ross. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. And sh- she says, oh, it's because you reacted weirdly to something Claudia said after the traitors had been chosen. Like, I'm pretty sure Sonia's not meant to do this. Like, I think you're meant to just turn over your name, say who you voted for. But Sonia's like, no, 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 I won't be giving a speech now. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe she knows her time is up and she's like, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think in, like, it's the classic thing of like a majority based on the last name heard. Like Sonia was really the last person discussed in any depth. And then everybody just went. <laughs> yeah. It's actually better to have your name brought up at the beginning of the discussion. Yeah, and then you can hopefully shift things away from yourself. Exactly, yeah. The next six votes come in then, and uh, we end up with Sonia on nine votes. Anthony has two, Zach has one, Ross has one, and now Diane has two, because Meg and Anthony vote for her. Mm-hmm. And by the time all of the votes come in, the final count is Sonia at 15, including Charlotte, which is quite weird to me, because during the discussions, she was most focused on Anthony, along with Diane, so I was surprised that she voted for Sonia. Uh, Anthony has two, Zach has one, Ross has one, Diane has two. I noticed that, so it's a pretty overwhelming vote for Sonia. Um, three of the traitors voted for Sonia, which is wise. Mm-hmm. Harry was the the only one who didn't. He voted for Zach, and he was the only person who voted for Zach. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's going to come back to bite him, or if it was wise to... Like maybe it's a good tactic sometimes to appear like you didn't vote with the majority and you're just thinking for yourself. Um, I, I don't know if he could use that to his advantage later. Uh, generally, in episode one of The Traders, this is what happens at Renty. It's an overwhelming majority for one person. Yeah. Uh, so Sonia reveals that, in fact, she is a faithful... And Diane has the most bizarre reaction. She's like, yes! Um <laughs> I mean, oh, I, I mean, it's because she thought like she she'd just been proven right. Yeah, I think Diana is a told you so person. Like people <laughs> should be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember? I was right about that. <laughs> and I think that like literally it erupted from her body. This like... <laughs> <laughs> either that or she also has deep rooted psychopathic tendencies and is like just happy to see someone else in pain. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <Did> do that. <laughs> But, I mean, as soon as it happens, I'm like, this will definitely be discussed by other players as the episodes go on. Like, this will not go away. They they will notice this. It's weird. It's like you feel people should be in control of their bodies enough to not do stuff like that. (laughs) Suspicion of them. But then they're not. They just... I'm not going to say anything about episode three, but there's one person who just, like, is wild in episode three. And I'm like... They have no control over themselves. Yeah. Um, I mean, Sonia, uh, sorry, Diane is, she's 63 and she's a retired teacher. Mm-hmm. From experience, I can say that all those years of repressed anger, <laughs> it does just erupt. I can't believe I didn't even put together that you're both retired teachers. You are the Diane <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> Call me Diane from now on. <laughs> uh, so, I mean... What do you think about Sonia being banished? 
honestly, I hadn't really warmed to her, so I won't miss her. <laughs> you know, at this point, I don't really get attached to anybody because, other than Diane because she's so wild. But um, I, yeah, I don't really form favorites when there's this many people because there's just not enough time for me to form an emotional attachment. Same in life. Uh, <laughs> a few weeks before I'm going to care about someone. Um, so, yeah, I was like, fair enough. Fair enough. Also, I, I did find her, like, the way that she was stirring stuff kind of annoying and, like, too overt. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Sonia, but goodbye. Yeah, I I mean, I, I, quite, I liked her as a character. I thought she was going to be really good fun. So I thought, oh, it's a shame she's gone so early. She probably could have been such a great contestant. I uh, just... I think she's too cartoonish. It's that thing. Sure. It's like there's a way to be a big personality without being so insane, which I felt like she went too far in the direction of like. <laughs> you mean knitting with her eye mask on wasn't natural? No, Is that uh, what you're implying? <laughs> she she is trying to get merch made of herself. She wants to stop on a t-shirt. She wants to be a new judge on Sewing Bee. Yeah. And I support it. Um, yeah, I sort of thought she probably brought this banishment about herself with the whole, you know, stirring stories about Zach, and I, I, it just didn't go well for her at all. Um, my, my thought at the end of banishment was also that Ross is probably in trouble now because he, he's the one who brought up this. He, he, he put the spot there. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been proven that she was actually faithful. So maybe that looks Ross look bad now. Like, oh, Johnny, you better promise and go after her. Mm, we shall see. Uh, so after banishment, we see some discussions at the bar, um, a sort of debrief. And Diane starts to explain her, her strange reaction. She just says, like, I was convinced Sonny was a faithful. I'd been proven right. And she says she realizes that she shouldn't have reacted that way. And then you referenced this earlier. Zach has this bizarre theory that Diane and Paul are mother and son because he thinks Diane was behaving very defensively. And like there's something like maternal in the way that she's being in the castle. Yeah. Um and I'm like, is okay, is it because they're both redheads? Like it's like are you just do you just hate ginger people? I don't know. I mean, you did say that he was, like, very right-wing. To say, I also, Paul, Paul has many red flags. Red hair flags. Oh. <laughs> As a person. Um, I, I wonder if it's inspired by the first season where they had the boyfriend and girlfriend. And he's yeah. Like, he's, he's figured there's going to be another secret connection between people. Yeah. And there was a whole series, and I think Norway, I might be wrong, but I think Norway, where all of the contestants were pairs. They were all brother sister husband wife friends oh. i don't know if zach's like oh i've heard they've done it in other versions or yeah, yeah i think there's there, i think there are secret relationships here i yeah. don't know that's that's total speculation i should for the end oh i i wrote down at the time i wrote it would be a, a great twist if diane is paul's mom <laughs> uh so yeah i was i was eager for episode three yeah i mean if zach's right that would be ingenious yeah. So for the end of the episode, we moved into Traitor's Tower for the night. Uh, the traitors seem to think they're, they're doing a pretty good job. Uh, I mean, they are, because none of them received a single vote. Yeah. Escape suspicion. 
Mm-hmm. But Harry does say that Ash's name has been coming up in discussions, so that might not look good going ahead. Yeah. Paul explains how he threw attention onto Andrew with the whole shield thing, so he thinks that he, he's doing really well with that. Mm-hmm. They talk about Diane. They say they think she's going to get herself banished because she's making herself a bit of an enemy. She doesn't have any allies. Yeah. And then they start to discuss who they're going to murder tonight. Uh, so they, they kind of come up with three names. They talk about Kyra. They think she's quite commanding in conversations. She's a big personality. She's a big voice that might persuade people. They don't want that. They talk about Johnny because they say, well, it would be really random. He's like quite universally liked. He's a nice guy, so he's probably not going to get banished. So this might be the only way to get him out of the game. Yeah. And they discuss Meg. They think... Uh, Meg's quite quiet, but also Meg voted for Diane at the banishment. So if Meg now suddenly disappears, it would help make Diane look very suspicious. So they're sort of masterminding and scheming yeah. in that way, which could be quite clever of them. Meg, Meg is weird for me as well, because she looks exactly like somebody I went to school with. And I'm like, did you just change your name? <laughs> and you're not <laughs> I feel like she's the similar age as well. Did you go to school with MTV's Daria? <laughs> Is that what you think she looks like? <laughs> She's giving me Daria vibes, yeah. Nah, that is the energy of Daria. Um, uh, so we, they finish with Harry saying, we're going to cause chaos by murdering this person. So I th- that made me think at the end of the episode that they've gone with Johnny because that aligned with what they said about him. They wanted to pick a random person. So right, yeah. That was my final thought, and this is where... Episode 2 finishes. So, uh, Chris, what are your overall thoughts on uh, the episode? Did you enjoy episode 2? I did enjoy episode 2. Um, I... Just not as much as 1 or 3. Not as much as 1 or 3. <laughs> uh, have you seen Saltburn? Yes. Yeah. Now that it's like another thing set in a castle, I can't help comparing them. Uh, we just talked about Saltburn on the last episode of the podcast because uh, Lindsay had, that was one of her uh, recommendations of things that uh, she wanted to watch. Oh, uh, I'll say nothing more about it. And definitely um, that was all I said and nothing <laughs> needs to be cut. <laughs> <laughs> we, we didn't say anything else that had to be edited out because I refused to include it in the podcast. <laughs> and I think it would have added color the podcast for the record so okay let's see if you would like to hear the unedited version of the salt fern chat uh please get in contact with matthew immediately maybe that should be like the patreon content yes it's like the trader late night oh my god you should do a like an extra episode where we just discuss salt fern <laughs> how it relates to traders uh... Okay, <laughs> Chris, uh, who who would you, if you were one of the tracers, who would you be looking to get rid of? Not not necessarily from the three people that they discussed, but in general, which contestants would you not be happy about? I guess it would be the ones who are like, actually, you know what? I don't think I would go for the big voices because those are usually not the tracers. So I would go for people who were like, kind of keeping quiet. Um, I think that's maybe why people are going for Ash. Um, but maybe somebody like Mag or 
Um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I know so few of their names. <laughs> um, one, yeah, one of the quiet people. Okay, one of the people whose names we don't know enough yet. Yeah, I, I would go for a nameless person. <laughs> uh, I, you've seen the next episode, so I can't really ask you to predict yeah. who's going to be murdered. But I'll ask, out of the traitors we have right now, uh, who do you think is going to do really well? Uh, which of the traitors do you think will go quite far? Unfortunately, I think it's going to be Paul. I think okay. he's the most likely. He, he, he feels like the closest to like Wilf from the last one or um Sam from the Australian traders, I feel like he's got the kind of killer mentality. Yeah. I agree. I I think Paul and I actually think Harry is probably yeah. quite well. Maybe Harry. Before we finish up and conclude the game that we've been playing, hopefully. Uh maybe I told everybody at the beginning that you do lots of stand up comedy very successfully. Chris, where can we see you? What's coming up for you? Give us all the promo. Well, Matthew, um, I'm hosting at the Glasgow stand on uh, Tuesday, the 9th of January. Uh, it's Red Raw, so it's new material night, so come along to see that. Um, I also think I have a gig on Thursday, the 11th, that I accidentally deleted from my calendar. So if anybody knows where I'm supposed to be, please get in contact with me. <laughs> before the venue does okay um i'll assume let's all band together and help chris figure out who he's supposed to be so that you get paid Mm -hmm. that'd be great uh red raw uh yes i've been to that several times so um that that would be a great night i'm sure so it's time for our own banishment because we've been playing the trader traitor Uh, Chris, did you lie to me throughout this episode? Yes. Okay. I lied as well. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not confident about how good my lies were. I, I actually lied a couple of times. I thought you did as well, because I've noted down a couple of things this time, because I always forget. Mm-hmm. So this time I made little notes when you lied, or I thought you lied. Okay. Uh... Do you want to... Why don't you go first? Why don't you guess what you think I lied about? So, okay, I think one of your lies was when you said four of the new traitors are from Lancashire. Was that a lie? That was a lie! No! How did you know that? I can tell. I I know you know. You've got to tell. I mean, the thing is, three of them are from Lancashire. And I literally, as I was saying it, I was like, oh, this this could be the lie. So I just changed it to four. Yeah, I knew it was going to be a little detail like that. And then, was there something about the New Zealand traitors as well that you lied about? No, but I thought you might think that was a lie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, that was that was my consideration. But then when you said the pork from Lancashire, I was like, that one. Um, my other lie was like 10 seconds ago when I was like, oh, I've been to Red Raw several times and I, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you supported my career. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do. <laughs> Uh, but not that much. <laughs> uh, as for your lie, yeah, I honestly have no idea. The only thing I can guess is also what you said like 20 seconds ago that you think you've got something that you've deleted and you've now something on Saturday. And I need help for that. <laughs> that was true. Uh, there was one other thing 
and I've truly forgotten it. There was some, there was something you said, and I didn't write it down. Well, I was at a loss. Really, I'll tell you what it is. You can't do the thing where you go, yeah, that was it. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> it was um going to school with someone who looks like Meg. I didn't. <laughs> that was a complete fabrication. No, that, that actually was. I was going to get this, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not. I was like, I wonder if he's making that up. Or... I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Yeah, sure. But, and then I started talking about Daria, and that's why I didn't write it down, because I was too busy trying to be funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, you still fooled me because it didn't stick in my mind, and I didn't bring up at the end, so... You have... You, ha you are the victor. I am a pathetic loser. Yeah. I, I swear, as this podcast goes on, I get worse and worse at this. Like, I went through a period of being quite good and fooling people and getting people's like, and now... Everyone knows what I'm lying about, and I never know what anyone else is lying about. Yeah. So I need I need to really reevaluate. Maybe I should just stop playing the game. I should just protest and not do it anymore. <laughs> You're just becoming more honest as a person. It's quite a baby. It's not a year of honesty. <laughs> for you, not for me. So uh, we have reached the end. Uh, we have lots of new guests lined up for the rest of the season on the Trader. As the podcast season goes on, we'll have a couple of new segments, the return of the TT News segment. Uh, plus, we'll, we'll do some mini reviews of the Uncooked Visual Podcast, which is the new sort of official podcast on the BBC for the Traders. That's not your competition. You're, you're supposed to boo at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I will be watching that and probably talk a little bit about it on the podcast. Um, as always, it would be absolutely fantastic if you could leave some reviews, uh, follow and subscribe the podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. And you can always send me any questions or thoughts on the episodes of the show or anything that comes up in the podcast. It's always great to hear from people. Uh, we've had a couple of questions sent in for next time, so we'll be discussing those. And you can get in touch by following me on Instagram or YouTube at the Trader Podcast, or on Twitter at the Trader Pod. And you can email me at the Trader Podcast at gmail.com. Chris, thank you so much for joining me. I uh, hope you've had a nice time lying to me. It's been great. It's all <laughs> thank you for having me. Uh, I will talk to you very soon. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please stay faithful to the podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs> I wave. Like, they can see. You can say bye if you want. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? 
elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.